Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the Solidarity Podcast from Teamsters Local 769. I'm Brian Besbiati, but everybody calls me Bez. This episode is packed full of new information since our March general membership meeting was canceled, and there have been plenty of important developments related to our union. The meeting needed to be canceled due to COVID concerns, which had arisen too abruptly to arrange for a change in venue or time. Teamsters Local 769 continues to practice social distancing guidelines during in-person meetings, so this podcast is one of the best and safest ways to stay informed. Be a part of spreading something positive and spread the word about the podcast. All of our members need this important information. And we can't say this enough. We'd love to hear your feedback and questions, so reach out to us on social media, email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org, or call our Solidarity Podcast voicemail line at 786-456-7936. Leave us a nice voicemail or ask a good question, and we may even use your audio in an upcoming episode. Let's begin with the news. As I said in the intro, our general membership meeting that had originally been scheduled for March 25th unfortunately needed to be canceled due to COVID concerns. The health and safety of our members and staff is of utmost importance to us, and we could not allow Teamsters to assemble in a way that placed them at risk. We hope that our members and their families are taking advantage of the opportunities to be vaccinated and that we can resume safe in-person meetings in the very near future. On March 11, 2021, President Biden signed into law the American Rescue Plan, which contained vital legislation for multi-employer pension plans that Teamsters fought long and hard for throughout numerous legislative sessions. This legislation solidifies union pensions and protects the retirement earned by union members vested in plans like the Central States Pension Plan. For years, union workers had negotiated wage and benefit packages that may have diverted wage gains in the short term to strengthen retirement savings in the long term. And to see these plans threaten benefit reductions was something that many members could not prevent from having catastrophic financial repercussions. We'll have more on this development in our second featured story later in this episode. On Wednesday, March 24th, Teamsters at Cummins ratified a new three-year contract, which among many improvements included wage increases and enhanced overtime language. The new contract will be available in their smartphone app shortly. New information is available for Teamster members currently employed at UPS Freight regarding the transition to TFI International. At the end of April, at the close of the sale, UPS Freight employees will receive a letter stating that pension calculations while employed at UPS Freight are being prepared. Also included will be an updated copy of the summary plan description. By August, employees will start receiving individualized pension statements with their deferred vested benefit, years of service, and pension credit. Employees will continue to have access to the pension calculator in upsers.com up to the point when TFI transfers all of the employees into their HR system. We will continue to pass on any additional information related to the transition as we receive it. We'll be right back. Hey Teamster members, are you aware of all the benefits of your Teamster membership? Your Teamster privilege entitles you to members-only savings on everything from renting a car to sending a bouquet of flowers. All U.S. Teamster members and their immediate families are eligible to receive savings on 
legal services, entertainment discounts, car and truck rental discounts, credit counseling, flower and gift basket discounts, and interstate moving discounts. For more information on these and other benefits to your Teamster membership, visit teamsterslocal769.org solidarity and click on the benefits tab on the right side of the page. This is Joshua Joseph from UPS Hialeah and you're listening to the Solidarity Podcast. Well, now we're joined by President Josh Zivilich and business agent Andy Mattis to tell us a little bit more about the attacks on unions that, that are going on up in Tallahassee. We understand there's a couple of bills that are in the works and uh, being heard by committees. And Great, Brian. Thanks very much. Unfortunately, yes, we find ourselves having to play defense again with the Florida legislature. In particular, there's, there's three bills that we think we should mention and bring to our members' attention that are anti-labor, anti-essential worker bills that have been brought forth by the, uh, the far right within the Florida legislature. The first one is uh, Senate Bill 78, which is an effort to weaken the union's finances, not just our union, but any public sector union. We represent quite a few public sector employees in Local 769. We have several different agreements, and Florida is a right-to-work state. As we know that, you know, that's that's just a, a catchphrase, right to work. It really doesn't provide opportunities to work. It basically means that people can have the benefits of a union contract but not have to pay. Well, it's quite broad in the state of Florida when it comes to public sector. If a member wants to drop their membership, it's quite simple for them to do so. We're proud that our members are members because they want to be, not because they have to be. Sure. But with that said, this bill will put a, an additional layer on a member to have to re-sign a new union application whenever their contract comes up to substantiate that they want to remain a member. It also provides an administrative hurdle where the employer will have to verify that they signed and it poses a deterrent because some members don't really want to go and tell the boss, yeah, I joined the union. So it's obviously an effort by the far right within the Florida legislature to weaken our union membership, weaken our numbers. And once again, we're, we're having to to play defense on it. I'm sure Andy probably has some insight to this as well. No, I think Josh, you hit everything on the head. What's most concerning is the fact that with COVID being here, the legislature is not allowing anybody to gather in any of the chambers. So they're pretty much doing this behind closed doors. I mean, they are, they do provide a venue for people to watch it live stream from a convention center nearby, but it doesn't have the same impact that it normally would in other years past where when we were getting attacked, we could bring our members up there and we would be able to look these legislatures, legislators in the eye as they're taking these votes, stop them in the hallway, try to lobby them before they go in to take and cast any of these votes. Unfortunately, you know, the Senate has been a place for over the years where we were able to go and talk to elected officials on both sides of the aisle, both Democrat and Republican, 
But what's happened now is we've had a number of right-wingers who were in the House have now moved up to the Senate, and they're carrying the agenda that they had in the House to the Senate, which makes this even more uh, challenging for us to try to beat back these bills, which is why it's so important that whenever we ask our members to text, write, call their senator or any legislators that we provide them a list of, that they do so because we have to put as much pressure on them as possible to let them know when they come home that they're going to have to deal with us at some level if they continue to support these bad policies that just hurt working people, which is what they're aimed at doing. Right, right. And they want us to put language in bold on our membership cards that actually discourages members from, from signing the cards. Typical, right? Unfortunately, it's just, uh, as, as we said, look, Florida's a right-to-work state. People don't have to join the union in the public sector. Fortunately, we do have quite a few folks that do support the union, that, that are members of the union, they support us financially, they support the cause by being involved in whether they be shop stewards or activist members. But it's just typical from, from the far right to require this type of thing. And, and I, you know, to Andy's point of member involvement, calls, texts, emails, whatever it might be, uh, in particular, we need our Republican members because we have quite a few Republican members. They need to really call their senators, whether they're represented by a Democrat or a Republican senator. We need the Republican Party to understand that they're hurting all working people. They're not just hurting people that perhaps don't see things from their lens. Our members are Democrats, they're Republicans, they're independent, they're no party affiliated. It's important that those members that we have that are Republicans try to take an active role in taking this anti-labor platform out of the Republican Party. Right. And they're going after the, the new members and the longtime members with Senate Bill 84 is the uh, yeah. Florida retirement system one. Yes. You guys want to take that one on? Sure. We've got a number of members that are in the Florida retirement system, which is a, uh, a very healthy, uh, well-funded retirement system. And Senate Bill 84 will basically no longer make that an available option. It will Make, the, make it unlawful for any union to negotiate a defined benefit pension plan in the, the Florida retirement system for any new hires, essentially uh, taking away pensions for anybody that's newly hired. Not only does this hurt the, the incoming potential union member, but additionally, it, it'll hurt those that are currently in the system and those that are retired because it will basically choke off the funding for them eventually. And it'll, it'll eventually lead to some serious issues. And, and again, this is just an anti-worker, anti-union measure, again, from the, the furthest right element within the Florida legislature. Andy? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, Josh hit the nail on the head. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that this is an ideological bill. That's what it comes down to. This is basically comes down to two or three senators who happen to be very, very wealthy and will not have to rely on a retirement, who feel as though that, or, or trying to convey the wordsmithing that they're using is this is going to save the taxpayers a lot of money. And one study after another has shown that the amount of money that goes into the pension fund statewide is de minimis compared to the overall 70 to $80 billion budget that Florida has. And the fact of the matter is also every study has shown that the savings to the pension plan and to the taxpayers is de minimis. As a matter of fact, this could wind up costing taxpayers 
more money in the, down the road because they will wind up eventually in an underfunded liability situation because, as Josh pointed out, if you don't have new hires joining the pension fund, you will run the risk of obviously bankrupting that pension fund you know, years from now. And they'll have to put the burden on the taxpayers because there's a legal obligation and the public sector law that they have to meet their benefit promises that were made. Again, another ideological push by the right wing. The good news is so far there is not much people, the, the House is not really bought into this yet. Uh, it's not to say that it won't happen because the deal making happens at the end and horse training happens. But right now the House doesn't really have an appetite for this uh, reform. But still, you never know what could happen in the last two weeks in Tallahassee. Right. 1014 was the other one you guys wanted to discuss? Yes. Bill number 1014. I'm, Andy, is that a House 1014 or is that in the Senate? Do you know? Uh, it's a Senate bill. It has Senate Bill 1014, House Bill 835. Okay, yeah. This one's uh, similar. It, it's a very targeted bill at our friends with the teachers' unions. It basically makes any uh, union dues deduction for an educator that is represented by a union illegal. And so we talked a little bit earlier about the fact that Florida's right to work and people can be a member or not. Uh, and it's voluntary. Well, this would basically just outlaw dues deduction for any teachers unions throughout the state of Florida. It's it's potentially a kill shot for them. And again, it's targeted very precisely at them. And uh, it's our intention to support our friends in the teachers unions. Andy and I were on a call yesterday with uh, a number of different union affiliates throughout the state discussing this piece of legislation. And it's really, uh, uh, it's disheartening to hear. I mean, Florida is 43rd in the nation in funding for education, public education, and 48th in teachers' pay. And so for this type of bill to come down, both on the one we were just talking about, Senate Bill 84, uh, to take away a retirement plan, will make it an even less attractive uh, career option for potential teachers. And then this Senate Bill 1014 would would basically outlaw uh, dues deduction and, and again, hurt hurt the teachers' unions further in their ability to represent their members. Bad bill all the way around, all the way around. You know, Brian, I'd like to point out, too, that one thing we didn't mention during as it relates to the pension and as it relates to this bill is that, you know, the, the state will most certainly have a recruiting problem in all areas, state employees, city employees, teachers. Etc. I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, like one of the reasons why we were successful in getting the pension at, at the city of Fort Lauderdale was because they were having a recruiting problem. Folks would come work for the city of Fort Lauderdale, get trained in, in a special, you know, a certain craft, and then they would go to a city that had a pension. And when, you know, Josh first assigned me to the city of Fort Lauderdale, we were just about going into contract negotiations. The only thing that people cared about, the new hires, which there are you know, of a workforce of a thousand, there's about five or 600 people there who didn't receive a pension plan. They were in their city's investment plan. We want a pension. We have to get in a pension. If not, I'm leaving. So this is going to be a real challenge for the, for the state and municipalities all throughout the state and the teachers as well. If they, you know, go into a job that doesn't have a pension plan. And I'll just add that people won't be able to retire on an investment plan. 
you have to, they, they, they say the average is $800,000 you have to have in an investment plan in order to be able to survive out your years and be able to live halfway decently. And with the money our people make, you know, I mean, they make decent wages, don't get me wrong, but it's going to be very hard pressed for them to save $800,000 over a 25, 30-year career. Sure. And the hands of Wall Street people, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, and if you, as far as any savings to taxpayers either, if if your municipality becomes a training department for workers just to jump and go somewhere else, that worker is never becoming really effective to your city, and it's just costing taxpayers money in that municipality. And this will be a start, you mark my words, if this goes through, in which cities that have their own pension plan will start being pressed to start enacting this policy as well, shutting down the pension and just putting employees in 401ks. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely potentially start a trend. But to Andy's point, you know, the city of Fort Lauderdale, where we represent the, the general employees there, that's just one of several cities across the state. One of our uh, one of our good friends, Dan Reynolds, brought up on that call that I was speaking of yesterday. The fact that he has three other bargaining units that had terminated their defined benefit plan only to realize the same thing that Andy did which is they were having uh, uh, retention issues with their employees, recruitment issues, and uh, they came back to having a defined benefit plan in the FRS, the Florida Retirement System. So it really is going to be a bad move for for the potential employees, the, the current employees, the retirees. But again, for those cities and counties as well, if, if that comes to fruition. So hopefully it won't. Hopefully uh, cooler heads will prevail. Right. So how much time do we have left? In this legislative session? Five weeks, about five weeks. Well, there's five, I think five, six weeks. It'll definitely, uh, folks will be hearing from the local with regard to taking action as the knives get sharpened and, and things get closer with regard to a vote. But uh, in particular, our public sector stewards and members that are active really need to start making some phone calls and, and letting their state senators know that these are bad bills. And look for that information on our website and, and social media and even pushed out through our app. And we'll make sure we can notify how members can mobilize to combat this. Brian, I, if, I may, if I may, Josh, too, I think it's worth sure. noting, you, please jump in on this, too, that there are other bills out there that are really bad as well. I mean, they have this voting rights bill that's basically, you know, we had probably one of the most flawless elections in the country, in the state of Florida during the general election. And now... There's a bill in place to replicate what they're doing in Georgia to try to limit the you know, people's ability to vote. You, give, you can't even give people water if they're online, closing down certain drop boxes throughout the state, et cetera, et cetera. So that's another bill that's pretty bad. And the other thing, too, is the uh, living, as many, you know, as you know, the minimum wage was passed and the Florida legislature is basically trying to water that down and who could get it. So, again, here we go again, uh, the, the voters go to pass uh, a statewide uh, voter referendum by 62%. And now the Florida legislature wants to tool around with who could get the, the living wage. And um, also now they want to raise the amount of the number of the number from 60% to 66%, two thirds in order for any constitutional amendment to pass by the people. So I thought that's worth noting too. That's what our legislature is bringing us. Not all the legislators, but a good core group of them. Yes. No, Andy, thanks for bringing that up. And really, the voter suppression issue really sticks out. It may, similar to what what they did up in Georgia, which is, is just a travesty. That's very obviously a reaction to Georgia legislature didn't like the results of the election. So what do they do? 
they they introduce immediately a voter suppression law, and it's shameful. In this day and age, it, we should be making it easier for people and encourage people to vote. But instead, you know, they come up with voter suppression because they didn't like the results. That's all that is. That that's flatly what it is. Good. All right, guys. Well, I'll see you, Andy. Be well, boy. Take care. Sounds good. I appreciate you both taking the time to break down the political situation we find ourselves in. We'll be back after this. Attention all Teamsters Local 769 members. Do you know that you can always have a copy of your contract in the palm of your hand? Do you know that you can have easy access to union benefits and discounts right when you need them? Do you want to have up-to-the-minute news and alerts specific to your worksite and employer? Well, you're in luck. The Teamsters Local 769 smartphone app is available for download now for iOS and Android. Just download the app, register, and after your membership status is confirmed, you are immediately a more powerful union member. With a virtual ID card for contactless check-in at union events and the ability to take immediate action on political issues facing our union, you'll have these and more powerful tools to protect your rights in the workplace and maximize the benefit of your membership. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and search Teamsters 769. Download it today and never again be caught without the power of knowing your rights. For more information and support, visit TeamstersLocal769.org app. We are the union! We are the union! The most powerful union! The most powerful and who are we? Teamsters! Who are we? Teamsters! Who are we? Teamsters! Teamsters fight! Teamsters win! Teamsters fight! Teamsters win! Teamsters fight! Teamsters win! Who's got the power? We got the power! What kind of power? Teamsters power! Who's got the power? The news isn't all bad in the world of politics, more so on the federal level than on the state level, but since our last podcast, we saw some legislation that finally came to the rescue of our pension plans. We sure did, Brian. This is huge. And it's it's nice to be able to say that the news isn't all bad. But you're right. In the state legislature right now, it is. At the federal level, Congress passed the American Rescue Plan, which then went to uh, the Senate and was passed and ultimately signed by President Biden. In the American Rescue Plan is a very important piece of legislation to Teamster retirees, Teamster active members a huge piece of legislation, multi-employer pension relief, formerly known as the Butch Lewis Act, who was a uh, Teamster engineer who's since deceased, so it's named after him. But it was a colossal effort by the Teamsters Union, by the Government Affairs Department, by General President Hoffa, and all the different rank-and-file member committees throughout the country who were concerned about the future of their pension. Their pension was headed for insolvency. This piece of legislation provides a grant to multi-employer pension funds that were in um, declining status. And certainly the Central States Pension Fund, which was the largest, was in that declining status for various factors, but um, including that an aging membership and and more uh, retirees and inactives than there are actives uh, that were paid in upon. This insolvency uh, would have occurred approximately 2025. The great news, and it is fantastic news, is that the uh, American Rescue Plan included the Butch Lewis Act uh, in the package. I believe that the Central States Pension Fund is already uh, drafting their application for the grant. And obviously, as details emerge, 
assuming that that grant gets approved and we have no reason to believe that it won't because clearly it falls within the uh, qualifying factors for a pension plan like that. Right. Uh, obviously, those details will be shared with members and retirees. And the provision was written in such a way that would provide for no cuts, which is, again, a huge relief because many of us expected a cut. And then many uh, expected that if something didn't get passed in Congress, uh, the pension would be insolvent in just a couple of years. So it's huge. And, and, and it's very telling, Brian, that in the last two years, right, in 20... 19 and in 2020, the U.S. House passed this, or and not necessarily the Butch Lewis Act. One of them was called Multi-Employer Pension Relief. They both passed. Yep. They went to the Senate, and Mitch McConnell, the, the the Senate Majority Leader, sat on it. Wouldn't even let it come up to committee. It never came for a vote to the U.S. Senate because they just didn't want to deal with it. They did not want to assist these pensioners, these retirees that worked all their life for their pension. Shame on them. And the fact of the matter is, you know, President Biden said it would be a priority of his. And with the hard work that many Teamsters throughout the country put in to see President Biden elected and the hard work that several Teamsters and other members of organized labor did, including our local union, in getting involved in the uh, the state of Georgia Senate races, in, in turning those two seats blue. Now we get this legislation. Yeah. And less than a hundred days into his term too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. And it's, it's going to help all of our contracts in one way or the other because of the, the ease on the pressure to both the central states pension fund. And then ultimately to the PBGC, which is the, the arm of the federal government that backs up pensions. So it's a huge, huge win. And, and, and it's really gratifying to be able to, to share that good news with with our members out there. Fantastic. So I'm sure a lot of retirees are breathing a sigh of relief too. I sure hope so. And kudos to them because I know that uh, our retiree chapter was very involved in making phone calls and there was trips to Washington, D.C. for rallies throughout this process over the last several years. Our friends up in Jacksonville have a very active uh, retiree committee to save pensions as well. Just, just to name a couple. Right. Absolutely. So that's a fun one to report. It's good to be able to report some good news. Cool, Josh. Thanks again. Thanks, Brian. Have a good one, buddy. Yep, no problem. I'll talk to you later on. Special thanks this month goes to Josh Zivilich and Andy Mattis for the extensive breakdown on political developments and, as always, Teamsters Local 769's Solidarity Podcast is produced by the officers and staff of Local 769, including Josh Zivilich, Roly Pena, and Steve Myers with contributions by Local 769 business agents and by me, Brian Vesbiak. We encourage you to visit our website at teamsterslocal769.org solidarity. There you will find show notes and additional info, as well as links to our social media pages. You can also email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 786-456-7936. If you leave us a message we can use, we may include your comment or answer your question in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts, and we encourage you to tell your sisters and brothers about the show as well. Our theme song, The Vendetta, was composed by Stefan Kartenberg, and additional music titled Onion Capers by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com were used in this episode. 
both licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License. Until next time, remember, in unity there is strength. Bye, folks.